0: Welcome to our 11th episode of The Peas in the Podcast, Season 2. Here we discuss trends and provide commentary on media and social justice issues, as well as our own personal life experiences. Please remember to hashtag wear your mask. Today, we will have special guest Nia Baker as our second guest this season, while we discuss today's topic of... Black Feminism, Sex, and Sexuality. Nia can you please introduce yourself?
1: Nia!
2: Yeah thank y'all so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about these topics. Um, my name is Nia Baker. I'm a PhD student at the University of Virginia studying sociology and I'm interested in anything related to the intersections of gender, sexuality, and race. So um, those are my main topics, and I'm also really interested in Black feminist theory, so I'm thinking a lot about that. I like to think that I have a life and interest outside of academics, but that's just not true in my life right now, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so that's pretty much it. I also like to write, and I have a blog called Feminist Desire where I talk about current events and also things in my life and, yeah, just reflections about things related to Black feminism and sexuality. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And the first person we have talking about today's topic of Black feminism and sexuality is Daphne. All right, Dan. All right,
0: y'all. So let's get into this. So my topic today is titled The Handmaid's Tale and the Abuse of Black Women's Autonomy. I feel like we cannot discuss Black femininity without directing punching at the continued rhetoric around society's obsession with making Black women, in particular dark-skinned Black women, more masculine, hypersexual, and degraded. We've seen y'all do it to Serena Williams, Grace Jones, Sierra, and most recently, Meg Thee Stallion. And let me just say this, y'all are fucking gross. As I told y'all before, I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale for the past week, and let me say that this has been both triggering and extremely anger-inducing. For today's topic, the show fit right into the story of abuse towards Black women. I bet you're wondering how, since it's a bunch of white ladies. But to dig a bit deeper into this, I want to talk about the lack of autonomy given to Black women's bodies, quote, good stereotypes, and how I believe masculinizing of Black women coincides with the strong Black woman trope. So don't call me a conspiracy theorist just yet. I'm just merely putting my think piece submission out there so I can get into another PWI. Anyway... So for anyone who hasn't watched Handmaid's Tale, I don't know whether to tell you to watch it or not, but as I watched, I couldn't resolve why the show angered me so deeply until I read an article that very directly addressed The Handmaid's Tale. is just the whitewashed version of slavery's impact on Black women. Birthing babies by rape from Master, being beaten into submission by Master's wife, being told Christianity and God will deliver us from our inherent evil, or using our bodies for the continued growth of everyone else. <laughs> That's a lot. When looking through articles, I also dug deeper into the opposite of the spectrum, the strong black woman trope. Living in extremes never benefits black women, it seems. I found that strong black women tropes both help and hinder black women and our ability to be vulnerable and emotional while still having value. Now I'll be the first to say it. It wouldn't matter to y'all motherfuckers if black women were emotional or not. If you hate black women or your love for them is conditional, you're always going to be anti-black women, and that doesn't matter what the fuck we do. (sighs) A lot of black women put on a strong face to deal with society's disdain of black women. It is a survival tactic since racial trauma is directly linked to our health. Lacking autonomy over ourselves leaves us negotiating and trying to reroute how to get ours and, well, Survive. No lie, I mapped out a billion ways June could have or should have bargained better for her survival, all the while feeling an extreme responsibility about how my actions will affect others. Am I socially conditioned as a black woman to put everyone else before myself? Me and my mom yelled at the screen when half of the shit June did (coughs) would result in somebody else's demise. But June being the selfish white lady that she was, she did what she wanted to or had to do for herself. So some quotes I pulled from another article was, what does it mean to continue to have an intense motivation to succeed while you're also experiencing barriers to achieving that success, as well as, quote, the superwoman schema, including five elements, a feeling of obligation to show a presentness of strength, feeling an obligation to suppress emotions, Resistance to being vulnerable, a drive to succeed despite limited resources, and feeling an obligation to help others. And I'll end on this. It sadly seems the Black woman's tale has continued to have a lasting effect on our autonomy and right to personal fulfillment. So I want to ask y'all what y'all think pieces or y'all hot takes on. I don't know if any of y'all saw the Handmaid's Tale, and I don't want to get in and spoil it for anybody, but. What is your hot take on how black women respond to having to negotiate for their own autonomy?
1: That's a very uh, loaded question. So um, I feel like in terms of Meg and in terms. Well, yeah, I'll start with Meg. So in terms of Meg, I think it was really uh, upsetting the fact that people just couldn't go with her story. Like, it had to be something more. It had to be this. It had to be that. It got to the point where people were saying, oh, no, no one even shot at her. And she had to, like, show her, like, bruised foot on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm like, yo, like, has it really, like, are are, are we serious right now? Or even in uh, terms of Serena Williams, I think of how, uh, like, I've never actually been around men say this in, like, real life. But on Twitter, I always see people say. Oh, yeah, she's so manly. Oh, yeah, she's so this, she's so that. And I forget the name of the movie. I want to say it's, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I'll never forget. They had, like, this muscular black man, like, dressed up as Serena Williams. And you could tell it was supposed to be her. Going against, like, oh, this no. this pretty skinny white lady. Like, that's supposed to be, like, Maria Sharpova. And it's, like, they, the man looked, like, he looked, they made him look like a gorilla, kind of. And it was just so, like, dehumanizing. And I remember thinking, like, watching it, thinking, like, I know that's not supposed to be Serena Williams, but you could tell. And then and Serena Williams, her own uh, battles with, like, health and stuff, how she, after she had her child, she was going to the doctors, and then, like, the doctors kept saying that she was lying about her pain and stuff, when in actuality she had, like, blood, like, severe blood clotting after uh, after she gave birth, but because doctors don't believe black women, because she's such a, uh, because like she's such a no athlete, people just, like the doctors were just assuming that she was lying and that she just wanted more medicine or that she just didn't want to play games or something, and it was just crazy because it's like yo, that's not your job. Mm-hmm. You're a doctor. You're supposed to listen. Like they're supposed to tell you exactly what they're feeling and stuff, and you're supposed to create a way to make them feel better and because of your own preconceived notions of black femininity or the strength of black women, like she could have died so yeah like it's we see like the real world implications of the way that people view black women all the time and it's so upsetting
2: yeah just thinking about like how this trope of the strong black woman was used to justify like all sorts of exploitation and just violence towards Black women throughout history is just so, um, so depressing. I haven't actually watched The Handmaid's Tale, but Jameer, like what you were saying reminded me of what Daphne was saying about the strong Black women and um, how it seems to be like on the opposite end of like a body that's, like a body that's disposable. So it's Mm -hmm. like, because a woman is Because Black women are considered only useful for their reproductive abilities, like back during slavery, that body was also disposable when it was no longer able to fulfill that need. And so that kind of continues today, not necessarily with like the focus on fertility, which I think is like a whole nother thing. If you think about like the legacy of Planned Parenthood, I'm not anti-Planned Parenthood, but I mean, just like how um, they're put in certain communities that with Black women and Brown people, like Mm -hmm. to sort of... um, like as population control so they like there's that whole thing too and there's also like this idea that we just don't feel pain the same way as white women do so that black women they could work harder they don't need they're not as fragile as white women or european women because um so like that's why all those um sort of justifications for violence against black women's bodies is still being um obviously seen today i'm sorry y'all do you hear my cat
0: I
1: only heard it once you said that. It was like, Yeah. yeah, All
0: right, so my second question was, have any of you guys watched The Handmaid's Tale?
1: Yeah, I also seen, there was a movie that came out about it years and years ago. I had watched as a kid when I definitely should not have been watching that movie as a kid. Definitely, <laughs> oh definitely not.
0: Wait, I didn't know. Hold on. I did not know I that it was either. a movie.
1: I'm pretty sure. And like, they, it's like the women are forced to have kids.
0: yes yes yeah so so i don't want to give away any spoilers or anything like that but i was talking with my co-worker and apparently june gets a lot worse i don't know how but <laughs> it does but in relation to what i was saying with the good stereotype of the bad stereotype and her so june's personal relationship is that um she became a handmaid because she's considered a a whore or whatever really the show really hasn't gotten into why they consider her that way or anything um but overall with June's character uh she has this hint of selfishness and so my second question was in regard to how do how does the black woman being strong and put together and always have an answer so like I'm pretty sure you can run through five or ten white women and they'll all be like I love Michelle Obama I love Oprah how does that play into, and I'm asking, there are now three Black women on this <laughs> damn podcast. <laughs> how does that play into how we respond to um, certain things that we're going through? And is do you guys think that that's, I know it's a good and a bad stereotype to be strong, but what is your take on that approach to how we respond? That's a
2: good question, Daphne. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, I, don't know. I think like a <laughs> a stereotype, like that I think is impossible for it to be good just because it's rooted in the idea that black women are inherently different and that we could take like way more pain than everybody else so even though like it manifests itself in these like it's like a compliment like strong black women like we take so much like it's actually taking in like all this violence and being like I don't know, like, a mule, like, throughout history, like, has an effect on our bodies and mm-hmm. our mental health. We could think about, like, our health outcomes and um, the impact of just minority stress that we, like, experience every single day on just, I don't know, just our bodies and our health is just, um, yeah, it's really sad to think about. Are you asking, like, us personally, like, how, how we do with this? It's just like, I'm at,
0: yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm asking you personally because, so what I've, what I've seen a lot is, like, you'll see like the Facebook post or the Twitter post that is like, say something nice about black women or say something that you love about black Ooh, women. Oh, I saw your Facebook post. Re- but, but see, like, that's <laughs> and that's my thing. If you tell people, okay, but you can't say the word strong, mm-hmm. it, it goes radio silent. They're like, ah, I've been using that card for the last
2: <laughs> 10 years.
0: I ain't got nothing else. And I feel like, so from watching The Handmaid's Tale, a, a large part of it is like her relationship with her friend Mora. And is a black woman. And she's like, Mora wouldn't stand for this shit. Mora would escape. Mora would do this. Mora would do that. And Mora was supposed to be this excellent fighter girl who's doing all of this stuff because fuck the man and I can't be held down. But then, like, all the conversations that she has with Mora, Mora is like, bitch, keep your head down and shut the fuck up. <sighs> like, we can't be out here risking our lives like this. And she's constantly pushing her like, no, you got to be stronger, Mora. You got to do more, Mora. And I just could feel the rage building up in me because I was like, yes, it's good to be strong and it's good to be resilient and it's good to be a fighter. But at the same fucking time, Black women have suffered enough. It's time for us to be fucking coddled. <laughs> like, so for me, my question overall is like, to you personally, do you think that the the stereotype of well the quote-unquote good stereotype for black women is actually more detrimental i think that's that's probably how i wanted to word it word the question in the first place but overall that's what i'm asking
1: uh.
0: i don't know
3: like for me um sorry jameer did you okay okay for me i mean of course i'm going to approach it from the angle that i always approach it but like being raised by white people, I have sometimes, I feel like right now I'm using that as a cop-out, but I promise I have a point. Um, I think that, like, I was never afforded that stereotype. Afforded, quote-unquote. I was never, um, Mm. that stereotype was never thrust upon me in the setting that I grew up, like, not from my parents, not from friends, not from, like, the general society in which I grew up. Um, of course, like, you know, I, there was the funny jokey thing that I don't even know where it came from, but the whole, like, I'm a strong independent woman who don't need no man. And the, the oh, implication, <laughs> it does not say I'm a strong, wait, is the quote, I'm a strong black woman who don't need no man. Or is it? I, okay. so. I think it's yes. I'm so, a strong independent
1: yes. black woman who don't need no man.
3: So like, even yeah. right, there's my example. Like, Black woman is definitely there. I don't, I didn't know that consciously. Like, of course it's there, it's implied, right? But growing up around white people, it was, I'm a strong independent who don't need no man. And the presence of AAVE would imply that the speaker was like a black woman, right? So that was floated a lot, but it was never like anything I felt I needed to be, like I've never had the urge to be like, a strong black woman, because like, but like, what is right, like, like, why, like, what is it? Why do I, why do I strive to not be that, or why would I strive to be that? What is the, what is it? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. do
1: y'all remember? I uh, think like that. Jesse so, Williams. I think it was at the. uh I want to say it was at Black Girls Rock or the BT Awards, like years and years ago. I think it was BT Awards. Yeah. Yeah. saying um just cuz black girls well i don't know, i don't know if it was black girls but he was like just because we're magic doesn't mean we we aren't real oh yeah
0: yeah something And like I was that. like just oh yeah. what yeah.
1: yeah just because we're magic doesn't mean so we're Jesse not real Williams. And I'm like yo like yeah cuz like we could talk about the things that like black women, black men, black people in general have accomplished and all of the hardship that they that we've made it through but like that doesn't mean that like we're not humans and that we don't mm-hmm. need a break and that we can't mm-hmm. voice our concerns mm-hmm. or out of fear of not being seen as strong anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, like, those expectations are internalized. Like, me personally, like, sometimes I think if there's something happening and that I'm too stressed or I can't handle something about being in this this predominantly white space that, I like, now I'm here and then I was at Lehigh, so it's just continuous. And I think that if I can't handle something or I'm just tired, it's like a shortcoming of my own and not without like without thinking about what I'm actually going through as a black woman on this campus so it's kind of like assumed that I should be able to handle this and then that happened there's like guilt and a lot of like I don't know like negative feelings towards the self that happen when like without considering like all the shit that we go through that like makes us stressed out all the time so I think that could have like a really bad effect on like how I look at myself and like my work and um like why why can't I handle this like why why am I reacting the way that I am oh it's because I have to deal with white people 24 7 and they're judging the work that I do and that's fucking that's like the worst so yep. like yeah it's just um it could be rough All
0: Right, and I agree with that like I've I think I've now hit the point where I like I get a, a feeling of anxiety when I'm not like doing something like there's no yeah. time for me to rest <laughs> because I'm like if I'm resting then I'm going to be like the lazy Negro trope or something else. Or like, I'm just not trying hard enough. And like, like I get anxiety over it, but I know like I have to force myself to be like, stop. We're not going to, we're not going to answer that. We're not going to do that job. We're not going to do these things. Like I'm not at the point where I flat out tell my boss, I don't get paid to do that. Like I got some (laughs) real white lady strength up in me because Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I don't get paid to do that. I don't get paid to do that. And white men can say that all the time and they don't lose promotions. They don't lose access to anything when it happens. But I'm like, if I'm going to be this strong woman trope, I'm going to be real strong and I'm going to be acting real white. I don't do that. I don't get paid to do that. Y'all will see me in three days. I have a 72 hour turnaround time. Like all of that before I was like running around and like, I still have the feeling of just doing it, but I'm like, no, 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 no. I have to, I now have to like unwind myself and be like, don't do it. You know, you could do it, but don't do it right now. (laughs) And I think, I think for me overall with this, it was just a matter of like, some of these like quote unquote good stereotypes are getting us killed. It's it's getting us real depressed, real anxiety ridden. Like it is not okay. Well, I'm going to pass the torch over to Nia to
2: speak on her topic today. Okay. You ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Um, so um yeah, it's kind of related to what you were talking about, like this the idea of the strong black woman. I was thinking about recently, black women leading social movements like Black Lives Matter. So I've been thinking about the movement, the organization, and it was funny because I have, I was also reading an interview with Alicia Garza, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. So I kind of prompted all of this and thinking about Black Lives Matter and its feminist roots. So recently I saw a post from one of my mom's white friends that said something like, Black Lives Matter is pro-gay and pro-abortion and Marxist and anti-American. And I was talking with my mom about this. And she, um, I saw her responding on Facebook and she was like, this isn't true. Like not all Black Lives Matter supporters are like this. Like not all of them are pro-abortion and pro-gay and like Marxist and all these things. And then I was kind of like thinking about how defensive she was about that like but that's just my mom and i love her but like you know we're all growing and like all these things i don't know what anti-american means but like i was thinking back to that post and that um the interview that i read with Lisa garza and all of the claims that this white woman is making about black lives matter most of them is true (laughs) like it is rooted in like queer is rooted in queer Black feminism. Like, that's just those that people that founded it, two of the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter founders, Patrice Cullors and Alicia Garza identify as queer Black women who did organizing around those, um, with those specific like interest, not just interest, but like how it's, they're informed by the black feminist movements of the seventies and the eighties. Like that's how they started their organizing. So like, yeah, it is pro-gay. Like most of the members of of the founding, most of the founding people are queer women, pro-abortion. Yes. Black, black feminism was all about, um, abortion rights and reproductive justice. Like that's something that they never were, Hiding and Marxist like Angela Davis, yeah, and anti-American. Yep. I'm just not going to get into because that doesn't mean anything. But yeah, I just think about how we don't talk about Black Lives Matter as an essentially Black feminist movement started by queer Black women, informed by intentionally following of like out of other Black lesbian movements of the 70s and the 80s, like the Kitchen Table Press, Audre Lorde, and Barbara Smith, and all these people. The Combehee River, correct? Cur- uh, the Cumbehee River Collective. And all these people were anti-gay, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, pro-gay, pro-choice, and Marx, Marxist slash socialists. And they considered themselves as part of a global movement that transcended American borders. And they were definitely against American imperialism. So maybe that can be considered anti-American? I don't know. But I just thought about that post and like how my mom was so offended by it. And I'm like, well, that post is kind of correct. Like you can't, they're very, um, not okay with with homophobia, like, in previous, um, black freedom movements, like, the black nationalists, who were all about just, like, black women need to stay in their place, and, like, gay men are just, like, fucking up, like, the whole thing, and, like, gay women just don't exist, they're just mad, so, like, they were very dismissive of any of that sort of difference, but, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just thought about how correct that post was, and, (laughs) like, how it was supposed to be an insult, but, um, I don't know, I didn't see it as one, so I guess, I have a couple questions. Um, have y'all seen this post I'm talking about or like posts related to it? And what did you think about it? And um, yeah. I have not. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I have haven't not. seen it on my own personal feed because I don't have friends like that, but yeah, my mom does. So. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering, like how yeah. would you react if you saw I... something like that? I have seen it and
3: I, <sighs> so, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to put them on blast because we not, we're not even like friends <laughs> like that. Because of a few incidents <laughs> like this recently. um, So this one guy. And, like, we've had some conversations that were, like, me giving the black perspective on things. And they never went poorly. He came into my inbox once after his stepdad yelled at me on his Facebook. And he was, like, I apologize for my stepdad's words. Like, that was really harmful. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. So, like.
0: Is that a white people thing? S- because like yeah i would never sometimes i find myself being like i'm gonna yell with some random white people today and then i get like flooded in my inbox like i'm sorry that was my uncle cousin brother oh, right. yeah that's definitely you know? a white people and thing like they
2: just it is y'all get apologies just, from white just, people just, you know they just yes. have their mm. what
1: it was
0: bad oh, I,
2: I said y'all get apologies I, from yeah. white people yo
0: no 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 no, no. and it's been and it's been lethal it's been lethal on some of them because I don't know come in my inbox. And they're like, I'm deleting them right now. And then I go back to the poll because, you know, I'm a scammer. And they'd be like, how dare you talk to a black woman like that? Ah, ah, ah. and I'd be like, yes. I don't even know these white people.
3: Marvelous. I was like, marvelous. I, <laughs> I, um, I felt he was maybe open to some feedback. So I responded to the comment and he was like, well... And I, I put a disclaimer. I was like, I'm not an economist. I literally could not give you the definition of Marxism if somebody was holding a gun to my head. Like, I just don't know what it is. Like, I don't know <laughs> the difference between Marxism, socialism, communism. Now I do because I was repeating this conversation to someone else and they were like, you might want to like actually Google it. <laughs> so you're not an uninformed American. I was like, yeah, you're right. It's a good idea. Um, But I was like, you know, I think the... I think the thing that gets lost in translation a lot that we've been seeing, and I wonder if you three have seen this as well, is that people think that when Black folks say Black Lives Matter, we're talking about like the organization founded by Patrice Cullors and Alicia Garza, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, Like they think that because we say the three words, Black Lives Matter, that means we're donating money into this organization that means we're like affiliated mm-hmm. we're card carrying members and blah 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 like
1: and if there's three black people on the corner it'd be like yes yeah, black see, lives matter like no right those are just niggas like it's okay
0: <laughs> see so <laughs> so i haven't seen posts like this but i also have never recognized that uh people thought of it as us siding with an organization versus us siding with an actual statement because because what now what that gets my gears turning is they just heard the Black Panther Party has risen again and like I remember the rhetoric that I heard from white people growing up was that the Black Panthers were a terrorist organization and they were out here killing people and doing stuff and then you get older you get to college and you get education and you start to see oh no them them niggas wasn't doing that the kkk was but y'all ain't got no heat for them niggas i ain't hear shit i ain't hear no smoke for the kkk ever now you got now you now i think that like i'll say people around their 40s because i think younger generations we kind of get it but like to the people in their 40s and up they had the kkk and the black panthers and now they have black lives matter and the proud boys mm-hmm. and it's like they just think of them as clusters rather than black lives matter is literally a fucking statement yes like it's there's chapters yes but that's around organizing people to understand the concept that fucking black lives matter I, and i hated this yeah like i hated seeing how many times we had to be like there's a there's a silent comma and a two there's a black lives oh, matter yeah, also no, that. there's a why well, can't <laughs> uh, no i ain't fucking y'all niggas knew what i meant and because of that because of all of those you don't know, run in the funeral and say other oh, deaths matter because we gave so many fucking analogies to these people there's just no rationale in my head that they even think we're talking about a statement versus an organization
3: and if they do they're willfully doing the that. amount of times in the last month where i have seen people say oh blm blm like we can't we don't support blm blm and i'm like you're not even saying the words, which lets me know that you have zero concept of what's happening in the world. Like, you can, you can look me in the face and, and, like, you can insult me and be like, oh, you're not like those other black people if you know what that means. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like mm-hmm. I, I want people to have a grasp on the differentiation and they just don't. And I'm like, what? why is this hard for... And I don't know how it started. I don't know how, like... I don't know what Proud Boy got on the BLM website and was like, here's their talking points. Let's spread this around.
2: Ugh.
3: Like, I don't know. I don't even know how it started being the organization versus the the statement.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah I like, don't even know. It's I'll go weird. Ahead. Like, there was, like, these... Um... It was like these um black people and they was fighting at this party, right? It was like Black Lives Matter breaks up party. So that that was Black Lives Matter. The black people fighting at the party.
0: You know, if a couple of negro, if two or more, if of two negroes or more gathered, are gathered in the space, they are,
1: as they said in the Bible, they are Black Lives oh, Matter <laughs> terrorist organization. Yeah, like, I'm like, I, wait, I, I, this I. the I'm like, y'all can't be serious.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. They really like, think negroes are that, gathering. Like, We're just sending money. Which, I mean, yes, absolutely support Alicia Garza and Patrice Cullors. Like, they need it. But also, and <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just wonder what white people are thinking. I don't think they're thinking. what I don't. I the don't I don't we'll know know next people, question?
2: Like, people do not <laughs> even know what they're resisting against. Like, yes. I don't think it's even related to oh, like, no, the Oh, no, they do. Guys. Really, I don't think people under, like, people just see, like, a bunch of people and they see like they hear about riots happening and they're like okay that's black lives matter no, i'm no, anti no. that like i don't know
0: see say what it is people no the reality is at this point these motherfuckers know about their inherent racism i in like 1946 you probably could have told me that people don't have the language or the understanding around racism but these motherfuckers know Not if motherfucker. you know how <laughs> listen hold on listen 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 If you know how to get on your internet and find out if your headache is a tumor or a simple migraine, (laughs) if you know how to get on the fucking internet, if you know how to get on the fucking internet and click through to find some fucking porn, if you know how to get on the fucking internet to upload a fucking JPEG and convert it to a PDF, if you know how to do all of that simple, goofy shit, you know how to do all that, you know how Google works. You were able to find fucking conspiracy theories on goddamn YouTube. You were able to do all of that shit, and you mean to tell me that you don't know how racism works at this point? You got me fucked mm-hmm. up. At this point, you have found a covert method to hide your racism, and you're shielding yourself behind it. Don't tell me that you don't know that, oh, I just don't support riots. Motherfucker, we know that the... we We have heard the Dr. King quotes for a very long time. We know that you are lying. You know that, first of all, Enough information has come out to prove that that media sources are skewed. Enough information has come out for you to understand that there's a lot of peaceful protests. And that most of the time, the ones that turn violent are due to fucking aggravators who are not members of that protest. You have enough access to the information to know that shit. And if you're still harping on, well, they said that a riot happened at the Black Lives Matter protests, so... Those two things equate to each other, so I can't support Black Lives Matter. No. Just say you don't like black people and go about your fucking day. Because you don't have a problem with it when white people are stealing from Walmart and shit during floods and stuff. Y'all don't have a problem with the Boston Tea Party. Y'all ain't have a problem with none of these white people doing it. And you never associated it. The fact that that Sandy Hook happened and y'all didn't associate guns to being the fucking problem, don't tell me y'all now know how to form synapses, because y'all don't.
2: No, I think it's a woeful ignorance I do. Because people don't, like you say, Fully. like people um, Fully. people don't Google these things, but people don't Google things that they don't want to be true. Like, it's it's not just like people, like, oh, I'm not going to go on like, here, let me try to find something that challenges the long-held beliefs I've had about my country and my people for the past five 500 years. Like, people don't do that. I also think that people don't, um, like, this isn't making an excuse for people that don't know these things. I'm just saying that, people will defend their world view like to the grave like people just don't want to believe that shit is shooting and they're just not going to challenge it at all and part of that's education too like like we know how many like the the stats with who's educated and like who supports Donald Trump like that that's the thing too so yeah i mean i don't people just don't like to challenge what they their place in society because they take it personally and they're like oh well i work hard so this can't possibly be true that someone has a worse off than me it's like, no. I mean, like, we we know that um, privilege exists in a lot of different ways, and people just are so resistant against that. It's because I'm um, teaching undergraduate students now, like, mostly white, and, like, learning about these things, and they just – everyone just gets so defensive. But, like, sometimes they have moments where they learn. But I'm also thinking, like, well, all their family members, like, they don't – they're not in this class. You know, like, they they don't have this opportunity to be, like, to, like, reflect. So, like, what's actually – I mean, I don't know. I think it's um people listen to what appeases them, like their media sources, just sort of reinforce what they think is true, and so does their family and all their other groups. So um yeah, like we're, but we're what fucked because people don't but, wanna um bust open a book.
0: <laughs> but the reality is like what is at stake for them? There's
2: there's nothing that they will lose. Right, exactly. The stakes are <laughs> high for high for us and people that don't don't care, um it's going about their lives. They could just go their entire lives without ever engaging in these difficult conversations or thinking about the plight of other people. And it's messed up. Is somebody brushing their teeth? I'm sorry. That's my cat playing with his toy. So thinking about Black Lives Matter and like its connections to black the black feminist movement, what do y'all um think of black feminism? Like what is that Concept mean to
0: you? That's too broad a question to ask.
2: Oh my god! Damn it! We literally were like, "Yeah, you
3: can ask it if you want." And then Daphne was like, "No,
0: we're not going to answer it." We were wait next. <sighs> we're not going to. No, for me. So, so I'll say this. I don't. I don't think of black feminism. I I I come from the philosophy of being a womanist, and for me, and like and this is my own personal description of it coming to terms with what it means, not like the dictionary definition, Mm -hmm. the academic definition, Mm -hmm. but I don't like there's white feminism. There's like TERFs in there somewhere, another branch. And then to me, there's like a womanist, which I would prefer to identify as because I, I fully believe that trans women are women I don't need fem I don't need the word female and any kind of rhetoric around it to dissect any of that shit. So feminist is just like a out of their word for me. So when I say women, I automatically internalize that I am talking about female born, cisgendered women, non-binary, uh more femme leaning and trans women. That's who I'm talking about. But on top of that, I am putting race at the helm of it too. Because I like I am under the full belief that when I step into a room, if a trans person is talking, I shut the fuck up. My voice comes second to, and I, and I, I say this very clearly. My voice comes second to black trans people. My voice comes second to indigenous trans people. Then I talk and then I don't want to hear nobody else. <laughs> We're talking about the tier here and like, no, there's no such thing as oppression Olympics or anything like that. But, In the space of who needs the most uh, support as a cisgendered heterosexual woman, my voice comes second. So when people talk about like, oh, well, I don't want to side with white feminism. I want to support like black feminism. I'm cool with that. I understand where you're coming from. But for me, it's just a matter of like, I need to be a womanist first and foremost because there, there is a inherent harm and danger that is coming at women from every fucking angle. And so when I talk about that, like, the race comes first. Like, I think somebody had said it. They were like, and this is going back, um, but a Black woman had came out against Bill Cosby a couple of years ago. And she said, she was like, I sat on um, charging him or saying that, like, he like sexually assaulted me or raped her or whatever. Um, because I felt like it was my duty as a black woman to make sure that I wasn't betraying black people. She's like, even though I'm a woman and that was affecting me that way, or like even with the whole Me Too movement, it was like, do my loyalties lie first to my gender or do my loyalties lie first to my race? And for me, it's it's intersectional, it is, but But black is always going to come first because I've seen the damage that like women go through some shit, but black women in particular go through some shit. The darker you are, where's that Andre 3000 shirt? Why must the darkest person in the world suffer the most? Like that is a level of tears of me even thinking about like gender concepts and like where we focus like our attention to. So that's my take. (laughs) No,
2: thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I think of um as of womanism as being like a, a part of black feminism. But like I, I definitely I feel you with the distinction between the two. And it's like, um feminism's just such a I don't know, like a the white women just took it and ran with it, so it's kinda hard to reclaim it. And it's <laughs> so mm-hmm. like but I, I do like how like yeah. black feminism sort of like calls that out. Like, no, 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 this isn't feminism. This is something completely different, and like it's is womanist is woman centric, and it doesn't try to separate race and sex and gender like um, the separatist. But see, feminisms. like even that,
0: like yeah, and like that, I think that's probably what worries me the most, because like, um, what is her name? Ugh. Author of the Color Purple, Alice, Alice. Walker. So Alice Walker ter- coined the term womanist. We're talking about a woman who very directly wrote queer literature like she made color purple very queer for a very particular reason so hearing that terminology is what i side with more because that feels more to me as though we aren't we aren't separating the idea of queerness or lgbt members inside of our own understanding of what being a woman is but with like black feminism it feels to me like it's the dichotomy of White feminism. And like, I've talked to some mm. black women turfs, and I'd be like, oh, y'all, ooh, yeah, it's
1: y'all, it's a y'all lot. Yeah. Different. Go on a and it'd, be, page
0: and it'd be real hard, bro. It'd wrong. be so hard for me because I'd be like, mm. love and support black women, but y'all motherfuckers is trying me. Yeah. But- like, Especially <laughs>
1: with D-Wage. Yeah.
0: So, like, yeah. Mm. So, like, for me, for somebody to take on the term womanist, like I don't have to question where your LGBT support lies. With like feminists, I feel like ah, are you a turf though, mm-hmm. like I, whether it's black, white, anything in front of it, I'm just like ah. But do you believe that trans women are women? Mm-hmm. Do you support LGBT rights? I don't know, cause I feel like nobody says womanist unless they already know like this is coined from Alice Walker. There's a mm-hmm. reason behind this terminology, so like that that's more for me why I why I take that approach to things where I I but I do think that like. For Black feminists, there is way more alignment to womanist thinking. And for Black women, it's just like, you uplift Black women. she going to uplift everybody else.
2: And we're going right back into my topic of us carrying everybody on our back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so up next, Darlisha is going to talk about Black women and sexuality. Yeah. So, okay, y'all, we might have to lock this episode in the vault
3: because I'm about to incriminate myself a bit. Not too much, though. Um... So I wrote this actually a few, about a month ago, I think we had planned this episode. So I I wrote this a while ago. Um, So let's just start with the obvious. WAP has now been out for a while. And mm-hmm. my girl Cardi, and we talked about it a little bit this season short. already, but like my girl Cardi showed up and showed out and I was here for it. And i'll be honest this is my first this was my first foray into anything with meg the stallion i have since listened to her apple music essentials playlist i have listened to like a few i think i've listened to at least one of her albums and i'm (laughs) totally like i'm in love (laughs) i love her so much but i started following meg uh, ever since that short dude tori lane shot her this summer And I had no idea what I had been missing, but Meg feels like a girl I could chill with on the weekends. And I've always felt that way about Cardi. Like, I will always try to watch Cardi when she's live on Instagram. Like, if I see the notification pop up, I'm like, okay, I gotta watch my girl. Like, see what she has to say tonight. See who she's going off on tonight. (laughs) Because she's always mad at someone. And I love it. Um, (laughs) And I love the way that both of these women own the space and their sexuality... In a way that I have never seen. So, when I was first leaning into my blackness and first learning about blackness, it was as Nicki Minaj was becoming popular. Now, I know Jameer's about to come in hot with his barbs, barbs, and try to defend whatever (laughs) I
2: say about Nicki.
1: I don't even talk about that all (laughs) the
3: time. All the time. Yes, you do. So, let me just say that at the point I was in my journey, I knew practically nothing about Nikki and nothing about her sexuality, her black woman sexuality made sense to me. And, you know, we, we can say this pretty unjudgmentally because it's just a fact, but as her career has grown, so has her body literally. And I have no objections to surgery or enhancements or anything like that. But to me, it doesn't seem like Nikki, who Nikki is now in twenty twenty, like late mid twenty nineteen to current Nikki, does not seem to be owning her sexuality in the way that Meg and Cardi are. And I know that like she's older. Is she technically she's older than Meg and Cardi. Oh she's so like Yeah, she's like in her late right. like thirties. So maybe she's a year Yeah,
0: I think she's a year older than Beyonce. So, so she gotta be like 30, eighth, 39. Yeah.
3: So I know that like her career, sorry, Jameer, has peaked at this point and we're coming down the other side. And I wonder if like is that the reason
2: <laughs> Nia? <laughs> oh, so I was just I was looking at Jameer, but I can't yeah. see I can't see how he's reacting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: even a bad He
2: knows better now.
3: He's just glaring. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jameer's like, how dare you talk about my girl like that? not my baby mama (laughs) (laughs) someone's baby mama not jameer's though Mm. um well no somebody's wife Somebody's. she's a whole whole ass wife so yeah let's actually (laughs) oh mom let's talk about that a little bit like why do we think it is that cardi or nikki is it just because she's older is it because she went through that period of owning her sexuality or is it well you don't think she's owning her
0: sexuality now Mm -hmm. I hold on, yeah, no, because I think she's still okay. She still makes I think she's songs. still owning her sexuality. Okay. Yeah, she definitely do. Like, she came out with Hot Girl Summer like less than a year or so or two ago. Like, I think she still fully owns her sexuality. But I think that, and she said it in interviews before, like even with the whole like, let me sign your boobs and people being like, well, are you bisexual? Blah blah blah. And she's like, no, I'm not. I just do it because I know it's gonna get like ratings or views or people gonna follow it. Which is a whole different Wait, conversation. we are talking about, about Nikki, right? that.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes.
0: Yes. And so, but I, so I think inherently for her though, she's never really been a, she's never really been a little Kim. She just knew that like, that secures the bag. And I think the same way for like, Megan. Like, I think that like, Meg the Stallion, she writes shit that she's like, nah, this secures the bag. City girls. Like, I think A couple of months ago, JT was crying on Twitter because her boyfriend. Is she dating Kodak Black? One of them mumble niggas. (laughs) That's who it is. There it is. There it is. One of them mumble niggas. Yeah, she was crying because Uzi was like, nah I'm done with you. I don't want to talk to you no more. Like we're breaking up." And this girl is literally like, "Why won't you talk to me? Like I'll come over. I'll visit. Like niggas really hurt my feelings. I'm sitting here crying. All of the stuff." And everybody's comments were like, but wasn't you a city girl? Wasn't she talking about fuck (laughs) these niggas, get the bag? Ah, ah, ah." And it's like, yeah, she's human and she's allowed to have vulnerability and emotion. And y'all motherfuckers are allowed to make it clap to shit saying steal and rob these niggas and get what you, get your nut girl. Like who cares? So I think overall, it's not that Nikki has stopped owning her sexuality. I think if anything, she's probably just dug more into who she really is because she's now solidified. like she don't got to try hard no more. She don't really got to do much. She is Nicki Minaj. And so, like, whether she wants to make her ass clap or she doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It, it It's no longer a bag chase. Mm-hmm.
1: Have I y'all know. been listening to her music, oh. though? It's still oh, okay. very sexual.
2: But, y'all, yeah, I have a question. <laughs> like, how how do you think of someone owning their sexuality if they have to be sexual to make it in the... um? the industry that they're in. So this is like, like are, are people owning their sexuality? I'm not saying like there's, I don't have nothing against them doing what they do. I listen to the music. I like it when I'm in the gym because it motivates me. And it makes me feel like a bad bitch while I'm like getting in my squats. So I like, guess I like the music, but I'm saying like, what does it mean to like own your sexuality if like you won't make it if you're not sexual, <laughs> like you, know, you don't got a choice.
1: I would look at it as like weaponizing it. Cause like women are going to be objectified anyway. So, like, you might as well embrace that objectification ooh, and, like, ooh, turn it into something ooh. that you can use.
0: Did Jameer just say a word? Objectified. Wow. Mm. But, see, I think I think this goes a little deeper into Black women in particular, though. Mm-hmm. Like, we are known to be hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the point. It, it, it Like, there's no other way around it. If you are a Black woman and you ain't got a fat ass... Or know how to make a jiggle, mm-hmm. or you are hypersexual in some kind of way, then you're just like some goofy black girl standing in the corner. You're not that great. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's like our value is solely weighted in our sexuality. But I think there's a major fucking issue with that selling more records than India Irene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we look at the, but the crazy thing is, like, I just remember. We look at India Irene and Erica Badu as, like, these earth queens (laughs) and, like, gonna get your sensei on and all of the shit. But then we look at people like Magnus Dayan and Nikki and Little Kim as, like, oh, those just are, that's when we in our little ho-bang. And it's, like, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure that they go home and, like, cook dinners for their family Mm -hmm. and play with their pets and talk about their day and read fucking Harry Potter and other weird books. Like, I'm pretty sure that they probably do that and have the capacity to do it. Or like the fact that Beyonce likes going to the museums and roller skating. <laughs> I'm like, to see black women in a limited scope of what actually sells in media versus who they actually are. It like, I think in terms of Nicki Minaj, it's like, yeah, that secures the bag. But once you establish something, you can do whatever the fuck you want. We, we now got African Beyonce. <laughs> and just a couple years ago, just a couple years ago with self-titled, we were all like, Beyonce just sweared on a track. And she's talking about sucking dick. Oh my God. It it was like, Oh wait, I forgot. She's a real fucking person. And so I think, I think for everybody, the matter of owning your sexuality, I think you can still own it. Even if you are, even though it doesn't make up the holistic picture of you, you can still go out and twerk and be owning your sexuality and still be like, but I still wouldn't twerk at the church picnic. (laughs) Like, I think I think you're entitled to do that. But yeah. I don't and I think because you live in that duality, I, I don't think it makes it any less that you're not owning your sexuality or you're only doing it for somebody else, or you're only doing it for currency. It's like, no, you could be doing it because that's also a part of you, but right. now we're we're turning the camera lens on just that part. Yeah. <laughs> rather than looking at like instead of taking the wide shot, we're doing the close up mm-hmm.
3: and we just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> nowhere else um oh I'm glad I asked that question because I think that is something that as we talk about black women in our everyday lives and as we like talk about the whole like the holistic view of a black woman I think it is really important to yeah I could go off on a tangent about that but I won't but yeah I think it is important to like recognize that and I never even really thought about it being a money chasing thing like obviously like it is obviously like you like duh I think I knew that on some level but like I didn't think to myself oh in four years Meg's gonna be doing like an acoustic set of hot girl summer in at world live cafe in Philly because she can you know like I thought she did I thought she, was she done did like, a so tiny
2: cool I heard her, her she do she a done, jazz like, goofy, version. Oh, that so, tiny right. desk. I heard that. Yeah.
3: That tiny desk was so good. With phony people. Yeah, she. Yeah. It was a magic that moment. That was really good. <laughs> okay. Um, that was great. I'm going to put a lid on that container because I think we summed that up really well. So here's part two. As I've gotten more comfortable owning my blackness, I think I've also gotten more comfortable with my sexuality as well. I mean, I'm not like out here shaking it on a pole because I do not have the core muscles to do so, but I will occasionally wear a crop top and, a, and short shorts. And I absolutely look like Winnie the Pooh when I wear a crop top, but there is something very powerful about owning a look. What? I've also noticed that in the last seven years, mm, no, let's make that three and a half years, I've become less disgusted at rap lyrics, because <laughs> um, you know, like when don't worry. When listen to growing, some Younger
1: Man. She'll change you. She'll put you who? right back on the. Uh, she listen to some
3: Little Kim. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Listen to Little like, Kim and Trina. Growing, learn your. Day. Growing up, I didn't really <laughs> listen to rap, so I don't have that experience of just like always listening to rap. But now that I listen to rap and I enjoy it. I actually pay attention to the lyrics because as a kid, it's so easy to be like, Oh, I just, you know, we all heard it in those Saturday or Friday night TV specials. Like, Oh, I don't listen to the lyrics. I just like it for the beat. Like it's really easy to say that as a child for me, I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't listen to the words. I just really like the beat. But now I'm like, no, I listen to the words. But however, a lot of men seem to be out here complaining about a woman who knows what she wants and likes in the bedroom after WAP came out there were so many men who were like uh, 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 she's talking about her vagina and it should be that wet if you need a bucket and a mop for a wet vagina you have a disease first of all Ben Shapiro just because you ain't never Yo, made a vagina wet doesn't mean it's not supposed him to be him and his wife they were both embarrassing Ooh. themselves. Imagine <laughs> telling on yourself like that. Ugh. My wife's mm-hmm. vagina has never gotten wet.
2: Bro. This
0: motherfucker said my wife, my wife is a doctor, and she said that if a vagina gets that wet, they probably have do you like, know what like kind of a docterial. Do you know what kind of a doctor she is? Or like a yeast infection or something, and like they should probably go to the doctor. I'm like, Do you know what kind of a your doctor wife she is? is cheating on you, my oh. guy? <laughs>
2: People 100. are so you wanted to hear it. obviously they weren't <laughs> speaking literally when they said that the requires their <laughs> pussies require a bucket and a mop. Obviously, like <laughs> niggas will say anything to discredit black no. women. Anything it's just so it's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and it's like
3: I, I want to know like why men want a freak in the sheets, but the instant we tell you we can throw it down, we're bitches and we're hoes and we're nasty and too much. And, like, is it something about 2020 in particular that has made men just lose their shit about this in particular? Or has this nah. always
2: been men? Always. This is always—this is, this is long I think standing. the issue <laughs> is control. Like, it's okay if someone is doing this for your own enjoyment. It's okay if women are sexual, if it's for you, if it's for your consumption. But as soon as a woman takes that and they own that for themselves— it's a problem so it's like I oh yeah that's it that's all i was gonna say it's a problem because they can't have control think, over it no i agree i think i think
0: for this song in particular and like i had to listen to it a couple of times to be like what the fuck are these niggas yelling about but then i realized it's about a woman getting her nut mm-hmm. and using yeah. men the way they use mm-hmm. women give me everything you got
3: everything
0: Everything. Beat it up telling him what to do. Beat like it up. Take
3: all charge. All of that.
0: Men don't like being told what nope. to do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, first of all, you, you're in a different space. You have a woman who is talking openly about like her own sexual enjoyment. Men only want to hear you enjoying sex if they are also a, a member included in that conversation. Exactly. They want it to be a mutual, both of us had wonderful love. ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh, it was beautiful. But when they're talking about it, they be like, she thought she a hoe. Fucked in the staircase, messed with the other girl, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, yo, 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 yo. Why are y'all allowed to say penis and pussy and all this other shit, all types of days? Drake crying on track. <laughs> but the minute a woman says, the minute a woman says, hey, I'm here for my nut, they're like, what? It's the same response when, like, when guys are like, hey, hey, beautiful. You know you're beautiful? And you go, yes. Thank you. Yes, I do. They're like, you- arrogant bitch (laughs) you're not supposed to know you're beautiful Mm. only listen when i say it and it's like okay fragile
3: ego man go on with your day that's
2: exactly what it's fragile i
3: want to know what all these men then had to say about that birthday gift cardi received that she had on her instagram a few weeks ago was it a car or
1: something
0: well
3: they back together no it was a vibrator no it was a vibrator
1: oh she i know she got a car too but she can't drive.
3: Yeah, she definitely did. She is like what? Six it don't cars matter. and no driver's license. <laughs> it don't matter. It, oh yeah, I don't have a driver's license, but if a man wants to give me a Bentley, sure. Park it in the backyard. I'll
0: <laughs> I'll tear
2: down the fence with listen, my bare hands. Listen. It's crazy to be went right on ahead.
0: What? I was going to say
2: it's crazy because like in that song like she getting all these gifts and like she's literally they're literally talking about the opposite side of an interaction that male rap talks about all the time so there's like right. oh like i have all this money i get all this women and then women are talking about oh yeah these men give me money oh it's a problem but what the fuck is that it's literally the same transaction it's like mm-hmm. just looking at it from different views And the only issue is that one person is having agency and will and then is not just an object and is actually a, a subject in what's happening in this interaction so like interaction so it's just um
3: honestly like the know. most iconic lyric of 2020 is i don't cook i don't clean let me tell you how i got this ring that's it and like i feel
0: like all the guys who were upset about it i'm like go talk amongst yourselves exactly <laughs> you it's like oh my
2: god <laughs> or if you just like sandpaper what me, you that's just okay like just saying yeah. well really Bloomy were the women that were upset with the song too mm-hmm. what well, is always gonna be some pick me's
0: you know the pick me's <laughs> never miss a moment <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They never miss a moment. Like the okay. nice. pickies yes. never miss an opportunity. My, uh, my Twitter she was blowing be up here, because I in. had
1: tweeted something. I had brought it up in the chat. <laughs> like you know, y'all y'all could cut this like definitely cut this part off, but uh So I had so I pretty much was like yeah. At the end of the day, a lot of y'all is bragging about having whopping and it's not that. It's not. It's like everybody does not have that. It's the truth.
0: I mean, it's That's true. It is the truth. Truth. I'm gonna have to yeah. cut that.
1: Like y'all have I'm varying have to cut degrees. Because
0: Jameer just embarrasses herself Y'all
1: have varying <laughs> degrees. Like varying yeah, I mean, degrees. I, yeah. And then, yeah, like I mean, what I say I got like a million impressions on Twitter in like three days, they was grinding me. Out.
2: They was like, "Well, <laughs> you said like, this." <laughs>
1: Yeah. They was like, you that's little I'm like, you seen it? You
0: little <laughs> have it, whore. They said, that's why you bald headed niggas. <laughs> why right you instigating
1: this and I'm like That's what he does. They said her. this you like yo, <laughs> if said, every girl <laughs> in the world had a WAP, right? All these female rappers wouldn't be bragging about it. It would not be something I mean, to brag about know. if it was something that everyone. What?
0: Okay, first of all, on, first of all, first of all, not
2: have big dicks because big dick. Thank you. And we
1: know that, thank
2: you, Leah. And since Just
1: we know that everybody, it. And since we know that everybody doesn't have it, we brag.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm I so, like whoa, hold
1: on. You brag okay, about something that you know everyone doesn't have.
0: Okay.
1: That
2: you, but I mean,
0: no, um no, like another person. Niggas is lying. It takes two to tango. Everybody is lying here. Not every female rapper that be like, I'm going to bust it open and waterfall on your forehead, d- dude. Like, <laughs> not every single one of them is is got magic whop or nothing like that. And in addition to that, there's a lot of these rap niggas over here talking about some, yeah, because, you know, I smashed shorty and I did this and I did that. And they all be saying this goofy stuff and they dicks be average to little. They just get away with it because they famous. y'all like being sold a fantasy. And they got money. Like, niggas is literally, people are literally creators. So they are making up yeah. stuff as well as mixing in their own life. Like, You're like you who wouldn't really gonna have find out fiction novels if people weren't lying. Like, what? Mm-hmm.
2: Isn't that, like, who well, really going well, to so check you? Act like you know. Like, isn't that like a tenement of hip hop? It's bragging, right? Like, that's The part, part of it. I don't know.
3: And diss tracks and like,
2: yeah. Th- right
3: yeah
2: the
1: thing that you really- said y'all have some
2: lip
3: <laughs> <laughs> jameer
0: said some of y'all bitches is dry <laughs> he, said, he said y'all bitches is dry. i mean
2: who is stopping <laughs> that every single time they have sex i know no y'all lying i'm believing you know
0: you know who jameer reminds me of you ever saw that show philmore and that chicken was dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. oh my god. Jameer said Jameer said
3: and that pussy
1: was dry. Oh my god.
3: Real dry. Yeah oh, Jameer, you should be ashamed of yourself right now. I hope you're feeling <laughs> awful. Absolutely. <laughs> you brought this upon yourself. I would just like <sighs> to remind you. Um, okay I'm just gonna it's close terrible. out by saying one more thing. I ha- I saw a lot of people Black and white people say that WAP has set Black women back. What? To that, I say, back to what? what? Y'all have been Uh, (laughs) policing Black women's bodies for centuries, millennia, and you cannot stand to see this liberation. And the other side of this, I think, is Black women owning our sexuality in that we acknowledge that we all do it in different ways for example and i said this before on this podcast i cannot twerk to save my life <laughs> i can't do it i've tried i've practiced in front of the mirror i've practiced in front of friends i've practiced in front of people i've been dating just like purely like critique friends? Critique my booty what colored friend? what color are your friends black i had a black <laughs> i had a black woman you just had to,
0: tried check to teach this. me no 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 see nia Nia's looking at me like I'm crazy, but I had to ask because yeah. every time I've seen I white girls twerk, like, oh, they, do the they do the windshield wiper or it's all in their shoulders. Right. Like and I'm just back. staring like, are you trying to hurt your spine like
3: this? Right. This is not healthy. I've tried it and it just doesn't work, but it's okay because I have resolved Don't myself to the belief I'm that I'm talented it. in other areas. And that's all I have to say about
0: that. <laughs> 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 Listen. You don't cook, you don't clean, but you can show how you gonna get there
3: how you got that ring. <laughs> <laughs> that was before any of the that was before I knew I was black. Doesn't count. Stop. <laughs> I'm
1: screaming alright
0: you All right, y'all.
3: Any closing thoughts before I kick this to Jameer, even though I'm not really sure what he's about to say? He might embarrass himself again. <laughs> he he about he is about to embarrass himself for
1: no, real. Right? I feel it. There's some good, that's no, good.
3: Jameer's topic's actually really good. So Jameer. Take
1: it away. Okay, so first and foremost, I just believe that any conversation surrounding Black female sexuality that leaves out Zora is, and her work is just a travesty. So recently, I've been rereading her book, Their Eyes Are Watching God. And honestly, I had read it in passing years ago, but I feel like it means so much more to me now. The book itself kind of...
0: Where's he going with this? Because where's he going with this?
1: Yeah, like... (laughs) I'm not problematic all the time. No,
0: no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm <laughs> listening. I just, I really need you not to say nothing crazy. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I promise. <laughs> go ahead.
1: Okay. So yeah, I had read the book in passing years ago, but I feel like it means so much more to me now. The book kind of works itself as a coming of age tale, as well as a life journey of its main character, Janie Crawford. We watch it as the timid and often invisible girl and then woman becomes more liberated after the death of her first husband. I'll let you know right now. The book has a lot of stuff in it. For the most part, there isn't a really good representation of a black man throughout the story outside of her lover, cupcake. I think it was no tea cake? something. I I wrote this a month ago. <laughs> Who dies? <It's> tea <laughs> <cake>. <laughs> it's a well yeah yeah. Yeah, her uh Oh dang, let me see. Yeah, for the most part <laughs> it isn't really a good representation of a black man throughout her story outside of um, her lover, T. Cake, who dies. And a lot of writers during the Harlem Renaissance, namely Richard Wright, attacked the story for his lack of death and his male characters. He pretty much argued that this oversimplification of Negro lives was disastrous to our survival. But what me and a lot of other readers got from this, what got from what he said was, you're making content that makes black men look one-dimensional and angry, and we don't like that. This is content that only white people can enjoy because it attacks black men and it makes us look bad. Matter of fact, I'm going to just throw his actual quote right here. Ms. Hurtson voluntarily continues in her novel, The Tradition, Which Was Forced Upon the Negro in the Theater. That is the menstrual technique that makes the white folks laugh. Her characters eat and laugh and cry and work and kill. They swing like a pendulum, eternally in a safe and narrow orbit in which America likes to see the Negro live, between laughter and tears. I bet the fact that she didn't have a man to come and save her really messed up. Like, they really messed with his head. It's funny... Alice Walker was able to bring Newfound Light into Hurston's works and she wrote about black women well no she wrote about black men in a way that Richard Wright probably wouldn't have approved of as well. Just like white men are all men in that matter, we have the capacity to oppress to oppress women. And women should be able to talk about bad black men, the ones who've hurt them, the ones who've lied to them and so on. I personally don't feel like I fall into any of these categories, but there's many of us who have and they need to be held accountable. I just wonder when we'll actually get to a space where men and women, especially the black ones, can talk about things like sexism without it turning into an argument. So that goes into my questions. <laughs> well, but before anything, I just want y'all to know that like after after he wrote such like a terrible review of her book, right? He reached out to all these different publishers and used his clout to pretty much make it so she would never be able to publish anything else for the rest of her life. Anything major, anyway. So like he ruined her literary career.
0: So I just want to say this. One, Richard Wright was married to white women living his glorious-ass life in fucking France and running away from all his goddamn problems. So I don't want to hear this motherfucker talking about doing it, telling black women how to live or what to do, especially when you decide to take it upon yourself to destroy her career. Secondly, yes, I do agree. The book is riddled... Was struggling, Strife, but I never took it from the perspective of Black men being the villain or this makes Black men look bad. I hated the book because I hated how abused she was. When I read this in high school the first time, I never wanted to hear from Zora Neale Hurston again because I was just like, how dare you write about a Black woman and all that happens to her is she gets abused. And even when she finally does quote unquote find love, he be her too.
1: Yeah, TK beat her up. Like, they was
0: fighting. I just, I know. And I was like, yo, like, does she get a fucking break? And then as I got older, I, the reality was, no, she doesn't get a break. This was very, very accurate. But I don't like Richard Wright. And he can shut his fucking mouth. I don't care who you date, interracially marry, find who you love. That's not my issue with him. My issue with him is that he went so fucking hard to judge black women and gay people and do all of this goofy shit. Meanwhile, he's over here, married to white women, and ruining black women's career. Yeah,
1: like, he came at, and
0: he came at Langston that.
1: before, came Fuck at him. County Cullen, he, like, so Zora Neale Hurtson was Bro. actually, she was a part of FIRE. FIRE was this uh, literary magazine by um, black women and black queer writers during the Harlem Renaissance, and when it was coming out, Richard Wright and other people who would be considered of the talented 10th percent or whatever- they were like they were trying to get it shut down, and that's what happened. Like they they attacked all of the uh, different poets, all of the different writers who submitted stuff. They like were going to different publishing houses trying to shut them down. But yeah, that kind of gets into my questions. So first, was it inherently wrong for Richard to critique Zora's work in the way that he did? Just this is just him critiquing Absolutely. it, not him. Uh, not him, like you know, doing all the malicious stuff behind the scenes,
0: doing all the extra shit he did. Yeah, just like him- I think the criticism. If I took it as a a black man criticizing work, I think the criticism is fair. I I think it does it does play into painting black men into a negative light, but that's also a reality. Mm-hmm. Like I think it goes back to what I said about like the good stereotype or just stereotypes in general. They're based in truth for somebody.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're just not based in truth for everybody, and the reality is like like I said, my my anger with it was like. I, I, I kind of took the, the Alice Walker approach. You know, The I wrote this story as a a, a way for something that didn't happen to, in reality to actually finally take place. Zora Neale Hurston didn't do that. Zora Neale Hurston was like, here's some bad reality and I'm just going to put it on down. And I think for me, that is what I didn't like about it. And I I think my criticism of it is valid. I think people who loved it, cr- their criticism is valid. I think Richard Wright's criticism of it is valid. I think, however, you read a story is however you're gonna fucking read it, and that's personal to you. And however you break it down, that that I won't I won't go against for anybody.
1: Yeah, like I kind of sort of feel the same way. It's funny because in reading his critique, right, it re- it read a lot like um, what people say about the Tyler Perry movies. Yeah, like you like to see women struggling. You like to that. You you. This is for white. Like, this is supposed to be a, a black art, but it's for a white audience. This is da da da. Or, like, what people say about Kenya Barris, Barris, how they say, from Blackish, Grownish, and Autumn. Yeah. So, like, I can get that critique. But, yeah, like, I feel like when his critique escalated into him actually trying to, like, harm her career, like, that's when, like, you know, it goes off the deep end. We gotta fight. But
0: that's when we gotta that kind
1: of goes into, like, my second question, which is a little more broad. So, why do you think there's so much division between Black men and Black women? And this can be in terms of literature, like, just in case we focus more on like the Richard Wright and Zora you know, Hurtson thing, or just in general now. Because like, I know there's conversations surrounding like holding Black men accountable and stuff like that. But a lot of times it seems less like accountability and more like... I, I wouldn't say it turns into misandry because I don't think misandry is a real thing. I like... Because at the end of the day, like, I feel like men have done more than enough things to make women mad on both an individual and like a systemic level. But it's like, if we having a conversation and nothing is, nothing positive is coming about, like, what's the point of talking, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you, how do y'all think we could try to bridge this division?
0: I think, I think for me, I'm more afraid of the women who Mm. take Umar Johnson seriously.
1: The better Queen. Like I feel
0: like you are I feel like you are more lethal than anything else because not only do you not benefit from the crazy oppression that's gonna come with his rhetoric and ideas, but like you're also sitting here like capping for this nigga. Mm-hmm.
1: Like They be going harder than the I'm an sometimes. agent
0: of the patriarchy. It's me. <laughs> I'm here to oppress the lesser women. <laughs>
1: Like, uh. yeah, they so they, I, I the men.
0: they do. That's that's why I said it. Like, I get a little bit more afraid. Because then I think too, like, I think at some point men also like they hear, they hear like weird patriarchal oppression reverted back to them or like said back to them through like women, but not in a combative way, in a I agree with you. And I think that is where most of the time men be like, oh, wait a minute, this sounds a little off. Like it's cool when they're saying it. But then when they hear women saying it, they're like, uh, this sounds a little wild. Like, why are you siding with something that is going to oppress you? But like, like, I think that's why, like, pick me's, I get very, very like, uh, y'all are fucking different. Because the first thing that'll happen is we get an Amy Coney Barrett, where Uh. men are like, you see, we put a woman in place because you women kept asking us. To put a woman in power. And we did. And then all the women are like. But she's an agent of the patriarchy. I thought you were about to say the she was an agent for? of the devil.
1: I was going to say amen. Yes. That too. <laughs> she does give that a very devilish <laughs> vibe.
0: <Like>, Same thing.
1: <laughs> if I like throw some water. Some holy water at it. Just like catch on fire. But yeah. Like.
0: She going to start melting. Do, I'll get you my pretty. You I do hope that
1: too. we can get to a uh, point. Where like. It doesn't have to be, like, um, I don't know if you guys have ever checked that, like, the Grapevine TV. It's like this, um, it's like this young, these, like, young millennials. And sometimes, like, people around, I'd say, like, 20 to 25, they get on there and they talk about, like, different black issues and stuff on YouTube. It's a pretty big thing sometimes. But, like, a lot of times, the few times I've actually watched it, like, the men, they, like, over-talk the women, and then the men are always like they just like real homophobic, real transphobic. The girls be transphobic too, but they don't be homophobic. And then like they just be yelling and screaming. And I'm like, oh damn, it, do it gotta be all this. I I'm not gonna lie though, <laughs> I haven't checked out their stuff in a long time because uh, I'm blocked. What the? I'm blocked for a good reason though. I'm blocked for feminism because the girl because okay. the girl had shared this thing that was slut shaming this uh. It was slut shaming somebody, and I was Studios. like, "This is slut shaming. That's not cute." And she's like, "It don't. It don't matter if it's slut shaming because it's a white girl." And I'm yeah. like, "Slut shaming anybody what? is bad." And she blocked yeah. me. So, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm I'm blocked on her personal account and on the grapevine TV's Twitter account. <laughs> so like, I, I guess I can't. This is why men don't talk about sexism. We get blocked. <laughs> okay.
3: Imagine said, that being the Either worst way. thing that happens to you.
1: Yeah, I, I yes, right. I told her, I told her top, I told her top slut shaming, and I got blocked. hmm There was a uh, Childish Gambino, uh, he did a, a comedy thing, he said, like, it was like, yeah, because like, you know, you always hear like a crazy, you always hear crazy girlfriend stories, but you never hear crazy boyfriend stories, because they be killing y'all. He said something like that, and I'm like, ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You don't
0: have to give a trigger warning on that, bro. I'm
1: like, it's true. <laughs> that was- Did he lie? That hit like a Mack truck. Did he lie? All right,
0: everybody. We are out of here. All right. Nice job.